Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vettel, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome to episode 28 of the Level Up Latina podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about making tough decisions, of having difficult conversations and tough conversations and communicating what we have difficulties with. So welcome to this episode, ladies, ¿cómo se sienten ahora? Excited to be here. Un poco cansadonas, coffee hasn't kicked in, but it'll get there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We just did a kickstart to the holidays. We just had Thanksgiving this past week. So I'm hopefully we're still all still feeling a little full because I know I am. And it's the best, but then at the same time, it isn't. I hope everyone's good. <laughs> Everyone had a good kickstart to the holidays. And we're going to transition into things that maybe came up during, you know, during the Thanksgiving dinner table and conversations and where you may maybe decided that you're like, hey, this is going to be tough, but I probably need to stop talking to my mom or... <laughs> Something like that. So anything interesting come up during your guys' conversations or conversations you had that have been difficult to have? We had a funny, actually, now that you bring that up, and I didn't even know you were going to say that, Vettel. Maybe people think we plan some of this stuff. We do some thinking about it, but I didn't know that you were going to ask us about conversation at Thanksgiving. I think I do have a funny one. I guess it, it lands in that having tough conversations part of it because we did our I love my husband's family. We get together for Thanksgiving. We're tight-knit. We're the only ones that have kids right now. So it's just a lot of adults and couples and people starting their families. And we do a Christmas gift exchange. And every Thanksgiving, that's when we give out the names of our secret Santas. And it's worked out really well every year. And it's funny because we do um, a list and we come up with a dollar amount. I think this year we settled on $75 per gift. But it was funny because people started to just casually say, well, what do you want? What do you want? And I made a joke of like, I want a fire pit. When I say fire, you say pit. We're making jokes about what we want and stuff like that. And my mother-in-law's eyes like brighten up and she's like, oh, yo sé lo que quiero. And then she goes, y entre todos. So that already was like not the plan. The plan wasn't the $75. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> She goes, I actually want a one-way trip to visit my mom to Guatemala. And we're all like, didn't we say $75 per gift? How's this going to work? It was funny because it was a tough conversation because I felt like all the in-laws, like everybody married into the family kind of looked at each other like, what just happened? And then there was like an awkward silence. It just ended there. It just ended there, right? It was really funny. But that turned out to be more of a request for something and not really part of the secret Santa. (laughs) Okay, so I got to go send you the bus. (laughs) one way that's funny but Mm -hmm. I mean I'm sure we've all been there I'm sure the holidays had those funny moments and those conversations and my husband walks into the room and he's giving me these weird side eyes I think if his mom comes up he's like edit that out (laughs) how dare you (laughs) my mom my mama santa I know right (laughs) my mom mom is otra santa no but it's just Mm -hmm. funny because we've all been there and in that conversation there wasn't much of a conversation had I was more of everyone looking a little perplexed and I'm sure his mom felt a little awkward to even have brought that up but that kind of stuff probably happened at your Thanksgiving too and hopefully it didn't end in drama (laughs) or behind the scenes arguments (laughs) with your spouse Mm. no good thing for us there was no behind the scenes drama this year that we did completely forget to actually pray and do our what we're thankful for. I think just because it was cold, we actually ended up having Thanksgiving set up at my mom's on the driveway. And then I told you guys that uh, Otto's mom and his grandma were joining us. So it was about 10 adults and my uh, our two kids because my brother didn't make it down in time for that day, Thanksgiving. We set up outside. We have a nice dinner, but it's so cold. And I have been praying for a cold Thanksgiving. 
all of our last Thanksgiving, I would say the last six, seven years that I can remember, it's been hot. And I'm like, I want to dress up something where I wear layers and I want to feel nice. It's fall. It's, it's Thanksgiving. So I pray for a cold one and it gets really cold and we had rain. So we're outside. We have it set up really nicely, but we just rush. Oh. We're like, okay, turkey's here. Ham's here. The food's here. Everyone eat before it gets cold. Oh. And we, <laughs> so we just jumped into eating and we never really got around to like, hey, you know, and it's something we do every year. And the next morning I was like, you know what? I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that we didn't do this prayer and we didn't do the thankful oh. for because I had something prepared. I'm like, okay, well, you can always share it later. It's cool. Like, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. But one thing is like, we don't really talk about politics amongst our family. Like my parents aren't really that much of politics talkers or anything. Otto mm-hmm. is. So my husband is all about, let me see who, whose brain I can pick. Who can I, you know, who's well, who <laughs> isn't, who's going to tell me this. And like, he started this conversation. My niece, my niece just like, as much she's just like woke, you could say, right? And she's like, um, Otto, I don't think so. That's poking fun like at indigenous people because of this and this and this. And the conversation just ended right there. I was like, damn it. I wanted this to be an ongoing conversation, but she just like ended it right there. You know, like, I, that, oh, it's a mockery. It's a mockery of indigenous people to say X, Y, and Z. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> so uh, let me go back to watching football on my phone. You know, <laughs> it was one of those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our family does not get into it. Like, our conversations end up talking about other stuff, and then we end up getting mad at each other. For like dumb stuff yeah, and not really. because of religion, politics, or anything like that. It's more like that's a stupid sweater. So <laughs> it's just weird. But he was just like, you guys just nipped it in the butt, just like ended it right there. He's like, there was my politics conversation because his family loves to get into it. His brother, his sisters, it's like heavily, like no, and opinionated, and they go back and forth. And I'm just like, no, not us. So your anyway, family doesn't debate. He has to be cool with that. You guys are not going to debate. And Ceci, you were in Mexico. We didn't have a dinner or anything. I didn't, like, it didn't click that it was Thanksgiving because, you know, no one celebrates it here. The one thing that I thought, like, oh, maybe I should do this because, you know, it's it's common in the U.S., The like the turkey trots, you know, people go for runs and stuff in the morning before. So I had planned to, to do that. I was like, oh, I'll go for a run, and that will be my celebration of Thanksgiving for today. But I didn't. I ended up cooking un atole de grano, and I was posting about it. Un platillo de Michoacán. Uruapan is where my maternal grandmother was from. And every time we used to go to Uruapan, we always eat that. At I love Uruapan. My family lives in Uruapan. That's there. right. So I had been craving it. I had been craving it. Because I've never seen it in the U.S. I've never seen it here in Ciudad Mexico. So I've been craving it, and I found the recipe from this lady that lives in Michoacán and is posting videos on um, YouTube. I don't know if you guys follow her or have seen her, Doña Angela. Her YouTube channel, you guys should follow it because she cooks like some delicious dishes and it's called from De Mi Cocina, no, De Mi Rancha Tu Cocina. This is not a tough decision. You must follow her. It's an easy decision. Exactly, you must follow her. I started following her. I saw that recipe uh, pop up and I saw it and I was like, hey, this doesn't look that difficult. So I told me Tio Carlos like, I was like, hey, we should we should make it. She's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So that morning of Thanksgiving, instead of going for a run, I was in my you know running gear and everything, but instead of going for a run, we went to go buy the ingredients to to make it. <laughs> you know, I never I could never calculate like when I make galgos and stuff, I always make like a big ass pot. So I ended up making a big ass pot. We had it for days, but it was good to have. And then Luis really liked it. He's like, I never tasted anything like it. Like it. So that was my that was my tough decision, letting go of my plans for running and cooking instead but it turned out really good at least you got some yeah. gratole 
that wasn't that much of a hard decision. I think you knew you no. wanted that atole instead of going running. I wanted it. In this case, we're going to talk about a little bit more difficult kind of dis- uh, conversations yeah. or decisions we have to make instead of atole or going running or whether to have that difficult conversation with our families or not at the Thanksgiving table. We have some better <laughs> examples of when we've been there and mm-hmm. it's been challenging to really communicate our sentiments and our feelings in the sense of professionally or in a, in a way that is understood by the person we're trying to have these conversations with, whether it be a partner, whether it be an employee, whether it be someone in upper management. So it could be at work or professional or personal life. One of the most difficult conversations I've had in the past, well, it was one that I decided not to have. How about this? Back when I got pregnant with Galilea, which is probably now, she's two, so three years ago, at the beginning of 2017, I went on a camping trip with my girlfriends. And that weekend, I asked the girls, I'm like, I really need to have a conversation with this person. I care about them, but we've been casually seeing each other for like two years or three years. Oh, no, it had been a while, actually. Casually on and off. I'm good with it, but I kind of feel that there could be something more. And they're like, well, you just need to talk about that. You need to share it with this person. If it comes down to it, you might, this might be the, you know, the, the last conversation you ever have with them. Because if they don't want to pursue a relationship with you, you're probably going to have to just let them go. We get back from our camping trip and I'm like, I'm pumped. I'm like, you know what? I'm ready to make this decision in my life. We have this conversation and make this decision. If this isn't right for me, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. I'm not getting any younger. It's either Veronica becomes this person that asks and receives what she wants or asks for what she wants, whether she receives it or not. This is who I'm going to become. 2017, this is who I'm going to be. I end up going meeting up with this person. And um, today I'm like, today is going to be the day I have this conversation. My friends have motivated me. We had kind of discussed talking points and how to break it down, how to make it easier for me, like the practicing. I show up to his place and we're having a good time and we're talking and all of this. And then in the middle of it, I decide that maybe I, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm okay with this. And if we're never anything, that's okay. Because the rest of this year, I'm not going to just give myself to this person. I'm going to give myself the opportunity to meet other people. I didn't have a conversation, but I did have sex. (laughs) From that resulted me getting pregnant. And that's Mm -hmm. how I ended up having Gali. So this is the same person I'm with now. I knew that I wanted more. And on his end, it was more of a, well, I don't know if this is what we want. So eventually we had to have a conversation and we already had a baby. And we had this conversation where it was the first time I had alcohol <laughs> since I had had the baby and I had been pregnant. And then we go to celebrate this Christmas party for his company. And I got brave. And I'm like, you know what? You've mentioned you want to move in and you want to do all these things. and But you want to be separate. You want to be just two different two people, individuals and co-parent this child. I don't want that. So at that point, I was like, OK, I either put it out there or I don't. It, either st- it stays in me. And we don't move forward with anything and we we stick with, I'm cool with being a co-parent. I'm cool with just being friends and being roommates, knowing that I wasn't okay with that. Uh-huh. So it just had to come out. And it wasn't because I had the liquor in me. It just bothered me so much. And it just felt so heavy. It just happened to come out. It was going to come out eventually. Yeah. But at that point, I was like, no, there's no more playing games. I don't want to play yeah. games. I want to be 100% honest and see what happens after that. And at least say I didn't. I not say I didn't try. What would have happened if I didn't want that? So I was like, you know what? I just have to. I just have to do it. So I ended up having the conversation, and that's how we ended up t- deciding that we were going to try this out and be, you know, okay, let's try to be a, a couple. Let's try to be not co-parents, but let's try to parent. Let's try to be t- together and and make these decisions together. And so far, it was a very challenging conversation, 
because you're still being vulnerable. It could have ended up being, no, I don't want that. You know, you're not the person for me, but we're going to do this. And that would have been obviously not the ideal thing, but at least it was a conversation that was had and there's no, there wouldn't be any what ifs. And that was one of the most difficult things because you have to obviously be vulnerable. You also have to be ready. Beto, I was so proud of you. I remember I was like on the edge of my seat listening to you. You told me the story in January when you had the conversation with him in December that year or the next year, I guess it's January. And I remember being so proud of you. And I remember thinking like, that's such a pivotal moment in their relationship. Like everything Mm -hmm. changed. You guys decided to go on this journey as a couple and not as roommates. And literally everything changed. I think it's one of the best decisions you both ever made. I mean, look at it now, all these years later and how certain you all are now and how beautiful your family is now. And it's interesting that it all stems from one decision. Like what if you wouldn't have said anything? Right. If you would have said right. the wrong thing in anger, what if you would have been like, no, I don't want to work with you. I don't want this to work this way. I want you out. Like a lot of people make crazy opposite decisions yeah. because they're yeah. angry. It's hard to make those tough decisions. It's hard to be vulnerable. So sometimes you close the door to relationships because you're right. unwilling to say what needs to be said. So funny enough, the first time you didn't say what you felt needed to be said, but you got pregnant. So the universe said it for you, girl. <laughs> but it couldn't be not said like your relationship had to have that significance that conversation had to happen you both were crazy about each other i don't totally blame model because i see when men come into their own they have to grapple with one life and one chapter being over and a new life and a new chapter starting so Mm -hmm. i can see women do it too we're tentative that's a tough decision. We're tentative of like, do I start this relationship? Do I end this relationship? So relationships have those moments. So I kind of see both sides of it that I see Otto's side of it. I see your side of it, but I'm so happy that you guys had the conversation and that it ended up being a happy ending, you know, a good story. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times we don't, like we said, we don't get that result that we're looking for, but I'm a lot of the times, if you don't ask, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to put ourselves in that position where at least we, we find out and not just have a mind full of what ifs and what would have happened. Or assuming what that a, what is it that woulda, coulda, shoulda, didn't. Yeah. Uh, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Or just assuming that we know. I mean, it happens in relationships. It happens in work conversations. I've always told my team that I don't shy away from tough conversations at work because I know that fake harmony isn't real. We're all having mm-hmm. conversations behind the scenes. We're all gossiping. When you're not dealing with things head on, when you don't ask the tough questions head on, it's all flying under the radar, but results aren't what they should be. Success doesn't feel right. Things don't feel yeah, it right. shows, yeah. And it shows. Yeah. It comes across as like something is off with the team if they're not with themselves in collaboration. So I had that conversation that I said last week about happiness in the office. And now I have a person leaving next Friday. Oh, right? snap. Yeah. Wow. I, can, I guess I can tell you it's out. It's a gentleman. There's only one gentleman that you know that works there. I think that you've worked with before. And I think it's great. It's the right, it's the right choice to have this position leaving because I know he he was, he was happy there, but he was struggling to be successful. And one of the last things he said to the group was like, I appreciate Irene because she's called me out on what I'm not doing well and how I need to improve. And it's good for my growth. And I'm happy here, but I should move on because something's not quite right. And I just want to be successful. He also is taking a step above and there's going to be a pay increase and he's going to move to another town. It's the perfect storm of things working out. But I, it's all the culmination of a lot of weekly check-ins over the last two, three months to improve performance. And I had to make the decision about two, three months ago. Okay, we've got a correct course. It's going to require some weekly meetings, some tough conversations. And I like that the exit will be graceful, which was the point of the activity we did about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. 
you have to be happy here. You have to be thriving as best you can. And that my team was able to see. It's great. She didn't shy away from having the tough conversations with this person. If anything, it models to my team that I will risk losing staff members, but we're going to address issues. We're going to address them gracefully, yeah. respectfully, because what you measure grows and your performance has to get better. You've got to measure it by conversations, by metrics, by results. And you have to ask when the results are there. Why aren't they there? Oh, yeah. This is still missing. Have you? And you have to coach people. Have you tried this? Try this? Try this? And I document every week all the great tips, all the great strategies. And the next week mm-hmm. you can say, did that happen? Did this not happen? Did this happen? And the person for themselves start to see like, wow, every time I have a check-in, this didn't happen. And this didn't happen. And this didn't happen. They're, they're actually surprised. Like, I didn't do my shit? Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> man. You know? And the best intentions are there. And the people are great. And you've got a great vibe. And people get along. And I love about my office. But performance is performance. And at the end of the day, the agency will not thrive. The students will not thrive. And so I respectfully love those tough conversations one-on-one. I'll have them in group settings. That activity from last week, that happiness activity was a tough conversation. It had to make the decision to have it. It did lead to now one staff member will exit. It'll make room for a new staff member. We start over, we reset, and we try to get the best that we can out of that decision. Now making a tough decision is hiring someone new. It's not always easy <laughs> hiring. It's not going to yeah, be the easy. right fit. Yeah, it's the never right fit. easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, but yeah. man, this is what it is to to be in charge and to try to do right by the mission and the agency. And I don't shy away from tough conversations. I tell my team all the time. And I my people that have been there the longest, I think they love to see that little sparkle in my eye when it's time for a tough conversation. Because I'll do it very respectfully, sometimes in a group setting, but I also will be very direct about what's the issue at hand. And it's for everybody's growth. And I had another mm-hmm. staff member unrelated, like, thank me for that and give me a very nice card with lots of positivity about how that's needed those tough conversations mm-hmm. are needed you look to your leader to have them and they're hard and they're awkward but what i appreciated about her sentiment was i'm learning from you like she can now have those tough conversations with the people she supervises because she watches at least the words the me trying me maybe getting it wrong <laughs> me getting it right but i'm at least modeling having the courage to have a tough conversation in front of my staff and then private and that, that's what leadership is right like when you're the when you're the manager when you're the ceo when you're the person in charge your team is looks up to you it's not just about you want to earn the respect you get this that following up with them you're you're coaching them you're developing them mm-hmm. so all this time invested these this team looks up to you for that guidance to learn because they eventually want to be in your position right yeah. but if you're not training or developing your team it's going to show obviously yeah. you know then you you know if you don't have these conversations if you're not they're not going to know how to have these conversations whether it be something where it comes down to like, hey, our team isn't performing mm-hmm. or I need this from you or anything that's going to be for the better of the overall company or the environment of that workspace. If you don't have, if they don't know how to have those conversations, they're not going to get the results they're looking for. Yeah. It could be the conversation about salary. It could be the conversation about, hey, maybe you can't pay me more, but maybe we can work something out where I get flexibility at work in the sense of time off or something. But if you don't learn and you don't coach people through that, we're not going to have the people to take over our positions at one point, or we're not going to be able to have people to have conversations with others where, you know, you can't directly have the conversation, but they're under them. And if they're not developed or strong, they're not going to have those conversations. Now it's all up to you. And that's more work on you. So that's beautiful. I love the fact that there are people in the workplace, like leaders that are strong leaders that aren't afraid to have this conversation and actually thrive and are great at it because you've been able to, you've been in situations where you've learned to do that and make it in a sense easy. I'm not, cause it's not easy. It's a tough conversation or they're tough decisions to do, 
but you make it seem easy because you've had the experience and someone kind of helped mold you yeah. or someone did it the wrong way. You're like, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. I want to do it. This is how you should do it. And you're going to have a tough conversation. If you don't experience it, if you don't have someone that's really working to have you have this professional or personal growth like that, you're not going to get anywhere because you're going to yeah. just be stuck. This is the way I know how to communicate. I don't, I don't like it. My advice is to anybody listening. So my tip of the day, I guess, will be this, that you, if, if it's hard for you to have those tough conversations, maybe it's not your personality. You're just maybe more harmonious by nature or it makes you uncomfortable or maybe you're early in your career and so you don't want to rock the boat. To read books, I think, is a really great way to expand that in you as a person. For me, when I first got the job as a CEO, I was reading like crazy because I knew I needed to develop that leadership side of me more than I had ever utilized it. And you're right, Veto, I had mentors and I had other people. And I read books by this guy, Patrick Leoncelli. I don't even know if I'm saying his last name right, but he wrote the book, The Advantage. And then he wrote a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And I love The Five Dysfunctions of a Team because most teams actually have that dysfunction, all five different things that they mentioned. And one that always stuck out to me was this thing that's like fake harmony. Teams don't say what really needs to be said and it hurts your team. Or your meetings are ineffective. You have terrible meetings all the time and no decisions are really made and it's just banter. It's people reporting. It's ineffective use of time. So you're not passionate about meetings. So Matt, meetings are pointless. So the point mm -hmm. is that if you need help to have tough conversations in the workplace, read some books on just improving, improving as a staff member, as a leader. The Advantage was a really good one because it's an easy read and it gives you really good tidbits. And so what it does is it basically gives you the confidence, like everything Vettel described in order to build that confidence, what can build it? If you don't have the mentors in your life, which you should have at this point, you should be reaching out to coaches like us or anyone mm -hmm. to guide you if you're feeling hungry for the next step. But a really smart shortcut is reading books that get you to the next step. So that's my tip of the day. If you're hungry for change and you need that confidence, read the books, those books that are recommended, starting with Why by Simon Sinek is a great book for any organization. I recommend it. It even helps your relationships because Diego and I always talk about that fake harmony thing, that concept, that idea, like we don't want to have fake harmony. So we have to have tough conversations. It's like Instagram. You see couples on Instagram, that's fake harmony. The real couple, <laughs> the couple behind the scenes that isn't perfect and has tough conversations and has to challenge each other and grow and call each other out on their BS couples have to decide all the time to have tough conversations, make tough decisions as a couple, but you're not going to do it if you're just always yes with one another or pretending to be happy when you're not or just not rocking the boat. So to build that skill, read those books that will help build the skill. Good tips. That's yeah. actually a really, really good tip. Thank you, Irene. No, 2018, all of this, because that was the year when I decided like, hey, I'm going to leave my law firm. But it took me so long to kind of come, come up with that decision. It was getting close to a year after me going back to work after having the girls. And I knew in my gut, you know, like I just knew in my gut that I kind of wanted to transition out of the firm or out of the practice of law and do something else for a while. But it was so hard for me to speak it. And finally, when I spoke to the, my managing partner, I didn't want to talk to him in his office. Uh, because the way our the office at, at uh, my former firm is set up, offices are windows. So it's kind of like a, a, a fishbowl and everybody can see. So, you know, I didn't know if I was going to cry. So what I did is I was like, hey, do you want to go for lunch? And I finally had that conversation with him. You know, he was like, yeah, we support you if you want to work on with a coach. And so I had had that conversation in May, June of that year. Um, but then the per next person that I needed to talk to was our main boss, the owner of the firm, you know, my mentor who I've known for years and years and who I met as a child and was my dad's attorney 
when I was when I was young. So to speak to him and tell him about my decision, I want to say it took months. Like that wow. com- that first conversation happened in you know again maybe say let's say June, and I didn't talk to my main boss until September. And at that point, I already knew like I wanted to work maybe through the end of the year and then January take my break. It was just so hard because this is a really busy man, you know, he's always on the phone and, or someone always barges into his office. So it was really, really hard for me to have that conversation and make time for it. But, and by that point, he already knew that I was going to have the conversation because the partner had already, you know, told him what, what, anyway. So finally one day, like I stayed after hours and I said, Hey, you know, I need to talk to you. So I close the door behind me. He looks at me and he's like, Sess, I already know what you're going to tell me. He's like, but I didn't want to say anything to you. And so I like, I immediately start talking and start like crying. And he has oh, me. Oh, he's this? That's cute. Sis, yeah, he's called me Sess all his life. Um, but um, mm-hmm. but he has me a, 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 you know, a tissue and I start crying. And I was like, this is just really hard for me because I feel like I'm disappointing you. He's like, no. Uh-huh. He's like, I support you with anything and all your decisions. Uh, so yeah, so I finally had it and I was just like, Oh my God, like it was, I felt like a relief after having that conversation with him, but it was really tough just because again, like we go way back. I met this man when I was, I want to say eight years old. Wow. He, uh, yeah. He, he was the attorney for my, my uncle when he had a worker's comp case and I was eight. And then a few years later, when my dad had an accident at work, he represented my dad. So I was like the spokesperson for my dad all those years uh, that he had his case. And I remember telling him like, I want to be a lawyer as a little kid. And so he gave me a job right after college, right after law school. So, you know, like we just go way back. He was, he's my mentor. Like he's always challenged me. So just imagine. Didn't you speak at your wedding? Oh yeah, he's spoke at my wedding. Yeah, Bob Arms. Yeah, forever. You'll always have a job with him. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he told me. He told me. He's like, hey, you know, just remember, you and I are always gonna be best friends. And like, yeah, I, I still keep in touch with him. I call him like every few weeks, and I tell him like what's going on, what we're doing out here. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous, Sess. I'm a little bit jealous <laughs> that he calls me Sess. I don't, I don't approve. I don't like it. I'm like, how did we not think about? I don't remember speaking at your wedding. I'm getting really jealous right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, but so that for sure was like the toughest conversation of 2018. And then as I was, as the the year was ending, having a tough time because I didn't want to just like blurt it out to everyone at the firm, like, hey, guys, I'm leaving. You know, beginning January, I would have like little personal meetings with like my colleagues. Uh, I remember when I spoke to Dana, our office manager, I was like, okay, I need to talk to her. I need to tell her. So because, you know, we like the year is ending and I'm going to leave. So I need to tell her and let her know what's going on. I remember I was ready to talk to her, but I was like, oh my God, I was so nervous. So what I did is I left the office for a bit. I was like, I'm going to go for like a walk because I just need to kind of decompress and relax. And that helped. Yeah, I, I did my walk. Um, I came back. And so I, I remember I messaged her on the computer. I was like, hey, can I talk to you in my office when you get a chance? Um, and so she was like, okay. She got nervous. She said she got nervous because she said, whenever people ask me to have conversations privately with the door closed in their offices, it's always like they're pregnant or they're leaving. So then she's <laughs> like, are you pregnant? Right. And I was like, no. And then she was like, and so then I started telling her like, you know, this is what's happening. So we both kind of had, a, we shared a tear or two, but again, these conversations were tough because I grew really close with these people at the office and uh, yeah. So it's just, it was tough conversations I had to have. 
Um, but at the end of it, it was like, okay, I needed to have them so I can kind of proceed on with the end of the year with everything that, um, you know, the celebrations and then start the new year. I think I worked um, this, well, yeah, this year, 2019, I worked uh, the first two weeks and then um, that's when I left. Well, Ceci, that's, it's crazy. Those are tough decisions, but like when you think about it, it was hard on you too, just because you've worked on something you wanted to be since you were eight years old. You mm -hmm. took your time. Mm -hmm. And it was part of your list since I met you. I know, I've heard the story and every time you tell it, it's like, I see little Ceci sitting there being the translator, being the person that's like, <laughs> you know what? One day I'm going to be the one there that's going to speak the language of the people. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to fight for people's right. I'm going to be for the people, by the people kind of deal. Right. And, and it's been a long road for you to get to where you, where you got right to where right. to being a lawyer, being successful owning it and then here comes this other major part of your life that is now motherhood and of mm -hmm. course it's even though you do love your children you know that you've invested in so much time into becoming this person that you wanted to be since you were a child that is a difficult thing to just even deal with in yourself you know when making those decisions and a lot of times i think we would tell our friends we tell our friends oh girl you can do both you can do it you can do it mm -hmm. And not that we can't, but it is very difficult, you know? It's not the same. It's, it's the definitely same. not the same at all. So giving up on a part of you that you've worked your entire life for something that's new, but obviously so significant, like right. being the mom of these twins that need their mom, right? And you willing, willingly saying, you're making this decision. I'm going to be, you know, Bob is this person that's seeing you grow into this amazing woman, you know, he's seen you as a yeah. kid. So having this conversation with this person that has all these, not expectations, but been supportive of right. your journey and give, and obviously showed you that support by wanting you as part of his team. He knows your value and you, he knows that you're an asset and saying, we get it. We totally understand. Go do what you have to do. In a sense, your career will be here. Yeah whether it's at their yeah. firm or not, we just hold on to something so tight. Like we are so hard on ourselves, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to our careers. I think we talked, I put this on one of our posts that sometimes we have to let go. Yeah. In the sense of yeah. it could be the relationship and it could be the career, but we give ourselves so much of, of our, we give ourselves so much into those careers, into those jobs that we, we go to school, we do training, we do certifications, we do masters, we get doctorates. We get jurist doctors. We do all, we put in so much work to become these people. Yeah, and then, <laughs> yes. Oh and then we're in debt and all these things. And, that, yeah. and, and it's okay. We have to be like, Hey, it's fine for now. Maybe not let it go, but I'm gonna let you go for a moment, a moment in time, because there's mm -hmm. this other very important thing for me that I can't go back in time for. I, I can't right. go back. Right. That, that is literally the perfect segue for my story yes. about yeah. my career being put on hold so that I could travel. It's literally mm -hmm. what Vero is saying. So if yeah. you want more proof of what Vero is saying, it's not going to go away. Like I worked so hard to be the CEO of my nonprofit and I kept elevating, elevating, elevating. But behind the scenes, I was putting aside a dream to go on sabbatical with my husband. He and I were going to travel long term. We were going to take the kids out of the school school system. We were going to homeschool them, what we called world school. And we had so many false starts for that. We kept saving money, but then he'd get promoted or I'd get promoted. And we're still saving money. We're still saving money. And it was a tough decision because we had to delay so much gratification. He drove this old car. We weren't going on vacations for, and me, I love to go on vacation. We were making all these sacrifices to do this amazing journey 
which was to travel long term, we were going to have to quit our jobs. That's a big decision, you guys. Like jobs, what Beto is saying, we worked so hard to get to these positions, both of us in leadership, both of us directors. And you feel like, oh my God, am I going to regret that? But deep down, you know, you have a goal and a dream or something different that you want for your family that no career can really take the place of. So I'm so proud of Ceci because now she happens to be on a travel sabbatical. I mean, look at this. Two of three. Vettel's leaving next. All right, Vettel? <laughs> let's, let's, let's get a little bit older. That's, that's, that's oh, man. That we, we don't give up anything. We just have to be brave enough. to. I still have my job. I never even would have known it was going to work that way. I have the same conversation Ceci was saying with her mentor. I had it with mine. I remember sitting down with the president of my nonprofit and saying, I think I started with, I love this job. It's not the job. I don't want to leave the job, but I also have this dream and I have this goal and I have to resign because I want to travel with my kids. And I love that he was the one that was like, no, you should just go on sabbatical. What do we give you a year? <laughs> Why don't you just yeah. take, you're going to need to restabilize your life. You're going to want job security. You're going to want, not, you're not going to want that gap yeah. in your rest of the A smarter man than me, my mentor knew better and said to me, let's just give you a year off. You can sort of work remotely. You can do all this stuff. But I had to have that tough conversation. I had to make that decision. I had to meet with him. Diego and I had made the decision. He gave his notice. I gave my notice. I said the story before where he worked for a big university. So they replaced him like 10 minutes later. But for me, it was like, no, we'll figure it out. And you can come back to have your job. So I didn't even have to, just like you, Ceci, you come back, you'll have a job in a heartbeat. So once you've gotten mm -hmm. to a great career yeah. and a great place and work so hard, ladies and gentlemen, don't feel you're giving up. You're not giving anything up if you're actually pursuing something else. It's only going to add to who you exactly. are as a person. I had more criticism from my family. My family thought I was crazy. My mom thought it was insane. My mom was like, are you guys being extorted? Is someone bribing you, promising you money? How <laughs> Maybe there's something negative going on. And they <laughs> were like, no, mom, we're just like working hard. Like we're just working hard, saving our money. We're going to go yeah. on this trip. Everyone was talking about how dangerous it was. I think his family, my husband's from Central America. They were like, we've worked so hard to leave these countries behind in tough situations and poverty. You want to go travel through these countries? We weren't taking our kids to tour el barrio. You know, we weren't taking our kids to, to struggle. <laughs> Though those are our roots and we're proud of them. We were going to be traveling and, and staying safe. And I mean, it's also kind of a wild card because safety was, everyone was judging the safety. And how do you think we felt as parents? Think about how we felt as parents. We felt so much doubt because people were putting doubt in us that this was going to be bad for our kids. And how could we take our kids to third world countries? And how could we pull them out of school? And, and we got so much criticism. We had someone say to us who loves us, loves us. I don't think I could ever do that to my kids. This person didn't have kids at the time. So it's interesting because mm. that's an interesting perspective from a person who doesn't have kids. But it, <laughs> it really set with us. It's like, oh, my God, what are we doing to our kids? Like, I couldn't do that to my kids. I couldn't do that to my kids. And through the journey, it was like, we're so glad we did this to our kids. They are yeah. living in all these. They're so proud of everywhere they've traveled. They talk about it all the time. They have this travel book. They're always reading. They're always sharing it. They're itching to go somewhere. They're always asking when's the next time we're going to travel. They are so much more responsible. They're independent. They don't give a shit as much as they used to on about toys. We moved recently. The kids barely have toys. And I bet other kids come here and think like, these kids don't have many toys. But it's because... For a year, we had Hot Wheels and we traveled with Hot Wheels and that's all we could travel with. And it gave them such a new appreciation for how simple your life can be. And But again, people got to see the pretty pictures of this trip, mm -hmm. not the hard earned money that was saved, the sacrifices that were made with my husband and I, the fights that were had because of all the sacrifices and the struggle mm -hmm. financially to put all that money away. Damn you, Panama. <laughs> 
you got to read that blog. That's a different vlog for a different day. But the point is that that sabbatical was a big decision and we had to go against the grain and it's not what my mom maybe wanted for us or his parents maybe thought it was kind of weird. But at the end of the day, we came back and we set a good example. His parents soon after retired, they now live part-time in Central America and here. My mom's actually super proud of me and tells people the story all the time, but I know she was worried and I know that she was very critical. So if you're listening to this and feeling like you want to make a big change in your life, but you're going to be judged, yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you are mm -hmm. judged. But how important is this big change in your life? If you're listening to this and you are thinking you have to have the conversation with your boss or you have to have that conversation with your partner or you have to do something for your kids that maybe other people judge as not good for your kids. You know your kids. You know your life. Mm -hmm. You know your and if deep down you know your reasons are good and the decisions you're making are sound and based in thinking through being practical, being smart. With, with us, it was a matter of having enough money saved. With us, it was being safe along the way. Mm -hmm. I love how we go to Colombia and people thought it was just crazy that we wanted to take our kids to Colombia. We ended up living in Colombia three months. We loved it so much. They were on buses, they were on trains, they were on planes. And it was beautiful. It was a beautiful time in our lives and I would not change it for anything. And granted, we spent a lot of money, but it was worth it. It was absolutely worth it. And we could show ourselves that we could set this goal and do this huge plan and make these decisions as a family for our family. And there's no looking back. Like I wouldn't change it for the world. And I come back to the same career, to the same job, yeah. to the same office yeah. almost two years later. So you're not sacrificing your career if it's on hold, if it's on pause. If it looks a little different right now, moms that are thinking about staying home with their kids, you're never going to regret that decision. I really, really think I've, all my whole life, I've never met a mama who said, oh yeah, I shouldn't have stayed home with my kids. <laughs> no. no one does that. No. So ladies, don't feel guilt. If money is stressing you out, there's always a way. Look us up at Level of Latina. We can work with always. any budget. There's always a way to survive. There's plenty of money in the world. It's all out there. You don't have to ever worry about finances if you're at least making again sound, strong decisions based on being good with your partner, being good with your family, not sacrificing, obviously, safety and comfort. But any budget, you can make it happen, ladies. So let's make those decisions mm -hmm. together. If we need the courage to make those decisions, let's work together to do that. Perfect. And um, since we're about to wrap this up, I wanted to let you all know that if you're thinking of, you want to advertise on our podcast, if you're an entrepreneur and you're having any end of the year's deals, let us know. We would be glad to have your sponsorship on our podcast. If you're really interested in, in learning more about this, send us an email at admin at leveloflatina.com and we'll let you know what that will take. Perfect. And also, if anything, if you have any questions or you have any suggestions on our podcast, feel free to also shoot us an email or send us a direct message. If you email us, email once again, like Ceci said, is admin at leveloflatina.com. Handle for Instagram and Facebook, leveloflatina. Hit us up. We are here for you, ladies and gents, if that's the case. For anything, suggestions, let's keep the conversation going. It doesn't end. We have ton, 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 ton more examples of how, you know, the process of making life this, uh, tough decisions and having tough conversations. It's never ending. These are just a few things to, like, look into. And the only thing we have time for today, but it could go on forever. So if anything, you guys have any questions, suggestions, feel free to hit us up. We are here for you. So with that, we leave you. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank Las queremos, los queremos mucho. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your gracias, support. Gracias. Feel free to drop us a review also. If you haven't subscribed yet, yes, subscribe. Please. And if you haven't dropped a review and you and you like what we're doing, you like what, we're, you, what you're hearing, give us a little pep talk with a review. We'll be very glad. Make sure you share with your comadres, your sisters, 
or your any of your friends that you think will enjoy it. So go ahead and share that podcast. That's it's funny because one of our friends, her husband's like, I listen to your podcast. I love it. It's so good. And she's like, <laughs> you do? So she was like, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm like, okay, Cabrona, I hear you. But look, your man's up on our game. Yeah, so it's always cool. That cracks cool, me right? up. That makes me so happy. I've always think like when yeah. ladies, women, I'm, I'm, we're also speaking to men, ladies and gents. Yes. Like we have our fans mm-hmm. up there and we don't mean to only focus on women, but we are loving you up our, our Latinas for sure. But for the men out there, yeah. thank you. It means a lot to us. Like all of your listenership means a lot to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're the little train that could. We're, we're every day making the tough decision to whether it's good or bad to stick it out. And we have, this is like episode 28, you guys, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm really grateful for that. As the year comes to a close and we're going to wrap with something like 30 plus episodes and it's all a labor of love. So if you've been listening to us, laughing with us, crying with us, using these tidbits, thank you. We're really grateful for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And with that, take care. See you Have next week. Little. Don't forget to lift up. Oh, yeah. Ciao. Ciao.